0: Welcome to this Law in Sport podcast with me, Sean Cotchal, the founder and CEO of Law in Sport. I'm here uh, at The Strand in London at the offices of Perform. Um, Most of you will know who Perform are. They're uh, quite a a large and one of the significant players in the sports media uh, landscape. They've spoken at our conference who's contributed articles to Law in Sport in the past. Our guest today is an Executive Vice President for Business Development. His name is Matt Drew. Hi, Matt.
1: Hi, Sean. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me on.
0: (laughs) Thanks, Thank you for taking the time out. Um, You have got a bit of a cough, just to warn warn those people listening, because you've been travelling a lot. Um, (laughs) And uh, we've had mixed weather in the UK, so um, just in case that sort of comes out. But thanks so much for for joining me today. Um, We've sort of been hooked up to have a discussion, and we've already had uh, a 40-minute discussion around um, various issues, but in particular around sports betting and from, from from a more global perspective. But for the purposes of today... Um, i thought it'd be really good to get your perspective both on the legal and commercial aspects of the sports the state of and and the future state of the sports betting market in the u.s so to start off with what do you think you know there's obviously ongoing discussions at the moment in the u.s can you talk to us about one about your role and then what your view is on both the legal and commercial landscape and we'll just have a you know an informal chat and uh, yeah, I've got quite, as people probably know, I've got quite strong views on the issue and I'll interject uh, as and when it is necessary.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And apologies to the, uh, the people listening for the, for the coughs that, that might come forth at, at various points. Um, so, uh, Sean, as you say, I, I work in a business development team here. Um, we have uh, four divisions within Perform and, and the, the biz dev team sits above that and essentially is a, is a strategy setting and rights acquisition group for, uh, for the whole of the organisation. Um, yeah, media rights buys fit into that, as, as do betting rights acquisitions. Um, and I think it's fair to say that performers, as, as the betting market has evolved, have been um, big supporters of a, of a kind of efficient and, and sensible betting market based on um, a proper rights environment. Uh, that, that perhaps sets us apart, um, predominantly based on the fact that we are first and foremost a media company. We work with uh, rights holders in, in, across various capacities. And we very much work with them over the years to kind of develop the betting environment um, so as to arrive at a point where, um, or to continue to build towards a point, I think is probably a better expression, where um, rights holders, betting operators, regulators and so on are are happy that they have a kind of efficient, fair, reasonable and well-operating betting market. Um, Obviously, at the moment... The US is fascinating. Mm. Um, So, so, to
0: go back a step though, so you've got the four divisions. Can you just say what the four divisions are? Yeah, of course. Because one of the things that we were talking about earlier, um, and we'll probably get into this, and it's something that I dwell on both from, I said, on the wider integrity issues, both in doping about how people operate their businesses but in the, the media data integrity space i also think it's something that, that people aren't really aware of how these things work in practice
1: i think that's a very fair comment um and perform moves so fast i think sometimes it's quite difficult for people to to, to kind of keep up with where we are and, and, and what's going on um obviously we have um the disown part of our business which is, is is one of the divisions um and i think everyone's probably aware of what that is it's a it's a a kind of cutting edge OTT product live in, in over the top though. exactly. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Sorry about that bit of jargon. Uh, Germany, Austria, Switzerland, Japan, Canada, um, and plenty more places f- uh, coming soon. Uh, we're very proud of that, and, and it's something which over the last you know two years has evolved very very quickly. Um, that's standalone uh, in 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 a division. We also have a, a the perform media division, which is our our portals uh, business, which is the direct consumer piece. Um, also within that is, is Golf Studios, our, our digital marketing agency, um, which is, is is quite evolutionary in terms of uh, the, the the kind of sponsorship market and and, and so on. Um, we we have a small uh, gaming division, which is, which is relatively new and, and, and evolving, um, which is predominantly focused on something which is very relevant to this broader conversation, um, kind of wider gamification and fan engagement, as opposed to what I would call pure play betting. Yeah. Um, That's a relatively small uh, piece of the business at the moment, but it's something we're excited about the development of. And then the division which is probably most relevant for today um, and probably most fundamental to the history of the business is the the B2B piece, Perform Content, which is a content distribution division. You know, uh, data, video, editorial, um, media rights, uh, a hugely growing uh, piece of our business as a result of some of the strategic partnerships we've done. Within content sits our betting distribution uh, piece, um, and just as a note on that, which I think is probably a differentiator for Perform, because of the breadth of the business, we are um, a uh, we, we're not a betting solutions business. We're a content provider. We provide premium content, high end content, properly created and distributed using you know, kind of very very high end technology. The stuff that powers DAZN is also used for, for betting distribution. Um, and we provide that content into a range of people in the industry, operators, service providers who create innovative content, innovative products around that. Um, so we are not you know, like some so other... you going
0: to give us an example, though, because I, I imagine people listening to this are going, where it sounds really good. Yeah, it's, so it's, so some, yeah. some, sometimes it's hard to conceptualise. Cor- correct. So
1: most, most obviously we, um, uh, we provide um, audiovisual content onto betting websites, both front end and back end, so for users to, to watch games and, and bet. Um, and into the back end for operators to utilise and trade off. Um, We also have the the leading data, fast data business, uh, Running Ball, which is all about getting data out of events and into um, the betting markets efficiently and has has powered um, the the kind of rise of in-play betting. Again, it's a very premium business where um, we take significant controls over how that data is created, who's doing it, how they've been trained, how they're monitored and so on. Um, that's very much the way the business is, is, is the industry rather is going um, we have the opta business in content which has both a media application but also increasingly as we'll come on to later uh, a, a betting application um, and a couple of other elements as well which we which we um, which we provide but the key bit is we're providing into operators but also to third-party creators so we have a sort of one-to-many distribution concept as opposed to some people in the, in the industry who are purely uh, uh, betting solutions companies they might have revenue share arrangements with the operators that they serve they'll provide a kind of full suite of operations so someone can kind of plug and play with a with with, with a betting offer right okay um, no, and we, we we yeah. think that's a kind of key differentiation particularly in the u.s actually where we think the market will be will be slightly different to, to how it is in in, in europe and, and rest of the world so yeah that's the kind of perform overview i think the other thing which is relevant yeah, both hopefully of interest to people um, in this regard, but also just of note with regard to the US's, our integrity team, um, which you may have noticed I haven't mentioned um, within those divisions because it doesn't sit in any of them. It sits within our operations uh, part of the business, i.e. it's completely removed from the commercial division. Um, our, our head of ops um, uh, has the, the head of integrity, Jake Marsh, who's come in and done a fantastic job over the last... Uh, year and a half or so like he was on a previous podcast yeah, uh, yeah. he, he would have been yeah he he reports into the head of ops so he um he runs a an, a, a, a siloed um, integrity unit um which is put in that position as i described so that it won't be um, subject to kind of commercial whim um and it's a reference point for what we do in betting but it operates completely independently the reason for that is, is also that yeah we believe um that as part of our ongoing service to rights holder partners Um, if you're involved in the betting aspect of their business uh, we are trying to promote their ability to interact with betting responsibly we also ourselves want to interact with betting responsibly Um, so we set it apart and we put it in operations um, and we have it as a complete standalone and whenever we offer betting content or services we offer a kind of range of integrity support alongside that as a as an automatic um, and again we 'll possibly come onto to this in the context of the u s but yeah. that 's very much how we see um, that market involving in that kind of collaborative joined up way as opposed to having kind of something which is quite strange to me where you have a sort of paid for single purpose integrity offer from 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 other
0: people well it 's interesting because uh, I think what you've just very articulately done. Is or done very articulately, I should say, is that, unlike me, um, (laughs) uh, as a a comparison, is highlight the complexity of the current environment. So I think when people talk about sports betting and global sports betting, I think often, and all too often, they think about in the old days, you go to the bookies and you place it on, they don't think about the more, you know, the, the... I say, I say, I'm talking about the people directly involved in it, obviously, but the, the the more broader sports community and sports law community, we think about it sometimes in a very unsophisticated sort of way, as you know, a schema that we've got bu- mm. built in. <clears throat> um, and just from what you said there, you, you, even just on domestic market and, and European level, you can see that that adds a level of complication. I'm not sure the regulators are fully up to speed with what's really going on, uh, or maybe they they're probably aware, but they don't understand how to, to do with it. So this talk, though. Um, so that sets the scene nicely in terms of where you guys are placed, what other people are doing in the space, um, some of the integrity issues that people are looking at for, for background, just mm. a fast track, we can put some links to some previous articles and sure. stuff on it, but people are looking at, you know, sort of uh, match manipulation, um, uh, so whether it's in, you know, spot fixing as such, but actual outcome f- uh, focused stuff, there's been cases with... You know, uh, referees of late with, with the, the non-betting side of things Australia integrity issues around the the, uh, the scraping of the ball mm. um, in the US market which I think I don't know I always get a suspicion that the NCAA there's probably a whole bunch of matches in NCAA competitions that maybe um like you think you know, high risk for <laughs> low paid athlete or no, no paid athlete um, the financial incentives they don't really take much in the way of sports betting in the U S. So therefore there's not much monitoring going on internationally. I think high risk. So what's your take on the current state of sports betting in the U S given that backdrop? Cause as I said, I've done a panel yeah. on this years ago and I was surprised by some of the responses that we got. About yeah,
1: about Well, I mean, there's, there's a host of elements in, in what you've said there. You know, And, um, yeah, there's, 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 there's a lot of things to, to kind of pick apart there. Um, Sorry, I'm not I mean to be the, the, <laughs> no, no, the the No, no, but I think that's that's indicative of the issue. Mm. It's a huge issue because you are um, you're, you're trying to go um, not quite from zero, which would something we'll probably come on to, but from essentially zero to you know, a fully operational, efficient, well regulated, um, but you know, developmental and promising betting environment, or at least it seems mm. like that's likely given. Um, well, while, while we while we wait and hear what the Supreme Court decide and what the subsequent you know, kind of state actions are, there, there's a host of issues. You know, you can. Yeah, my analysis of the U.S. at the moment is obviously betting is going on. Mm. You know, it's going on in certain states where it's where it's legalised yeah, and, yeah. and, and and is regulated. It's going on in a in a in a in a in a in a black market, um, and I think that all stakeholders would agree that finding a way to try and Eliminate that black market and create a pro- the, what I just described—a a properly regulated and efficiently working market—is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Yeah, you know, I guess my, my fundamental point here is this is an amazing opportunity. It really, really is. You know, the, the 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 possibility of everyone spending some time to give some thought to this, some consideration to it, and negotiating between the various stakeholders and interest groups—a mm-hmm. proper and outcome. Who would you say? Who would you say?
0: Because I think there's there's one particular group that i'm sure they are engaged but i don't feel like they're engaged enough because of the collective bargaining arrangements and they because that's when they really get engaged mm. um and i'm sure they are having discussions but the the, the athletes in particular i don't what i feel do like mean, yeah. when, I, when i when i look at what's going on and, and lots of the meetings a lot of the people talking at the panel discussions and, and all the other things trying to influence the market i always think where are the athletes where, where are the players' unions? Yeah,
1: they're, of course, um, relevant to this, um, particularly mm. in, in, the, in the US, as, as, as listeners will know. You know, the way that uh, labour is, is set up with, with US sports is, is predominantly out of, out of collective bargaining, um, and league actions, generally speaking, um, you know, have to be considered in that context. Um, those conversations will unquestionably be taking place, you know, now... Mm. Um, and, and even more so, I suspect, once people have a, a conceptualisation of what the actual legal framework mm. will be. You know, the other stakeholders here are, are the obvious ones. You know, there's, there's going to be a regulation. There are operators both existing um, and, you know, who are going to arrive in the, in the States. The sports leagues who have, you know, I think, done a, done a very good job in, in being vocal and trying to shape this. Mm. Um, and also, so on, the, on, the,
0: on the operators, you've got the, the fantasy operators, obviously, at the C- moment, correct. you aren't betting, C- allegedly, anyway. C- <laughs> C- correct. I mean, that, well, that, that <laughs> it, um, it,
1: it, it becomes quite interesting on that front, I mean, because essentially overnight, you would think um, that, you know, daily fantasy goes from being essentially a media or questionable potential betting up to immediately being a, a, a part of the betting ecosystem, uh, which, be again, bit, is, is you, another another limit. Because that is flick a switch, right? Co- Essentially, it's so
0: that would be that simple for them in Co- theory. Correct,
1: and it becomes, you know, even the daily fancy element of mm. what they do probably immediately then becomes betting yeah. plus whatever else they choose to expand into. I think that's another part of this conversation around what is the betting market going to be. It's not going to be necessarily a kind of pure play. And the NBA of course, in... in
0: one of the I think some I'm not sure which which Uh, others do but I think one or two one or more I should say sorry of the major league sports have financial investments within those that's my understanding
1: too I think there are there are owners uh, of, of 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 franchises and there are leagues which have stakes or interested in 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 different people in in the ecosystem which makes sense commercially
0: for them because they wanted you know 100 100 and it doesn't
1: differ from you know other other parts of the world I, i personally i don't think that's a particular issue this this goes back to the same fundamental challenge you have in any environment like this which is the the original point how do you set the environment up yeah. such that it is well regulated and works what properly that, okay, so that's that what does that look like that, that's, that's the start point and it's a matter of balancing those those different interest groups um, and what, what does it look like for you so you said earlier like
0: you know um cuz before off, you know to give people some background to our yeah. conversation earlier i was quite opinionated around some of the lack of transparency in the sports betting integrity space generally um, whether it's on sport, whether it's on e-sports, whether it's on other things, um, however, I am, I do think people should be allowed to bet, and I think it should be um, uh, regulated. And then you, you know, earlier said you have know, got a slightly different viewpoint, but you you think that essentially there is you're you're pro betting. For, like I am as well, but again, you were a bit more articulate in terms of and are clearer, I think, in terms of what you thought a well-regulated sports betting market would look like. Yeah, and uh, you were excited about what was going on in the states. So, so do you I, be I, I to am that?
1: because because I, I think it's a I think it's very achievable. As I said, I I, I, I genuinely think this is a great opportunity. Mm. The 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 somewhat tortured analogy I would use is that in with the evolution of in running and the, and development, lots of technology which which power that in Europe and rest of the world and the somewhat patchwork regulatory environment you know the kind of from a rights holder perspective and i don't think there's any doubt even the operators i think would agree with this that rights holders need to be participants in any regulated betting environment in europe and rest of the world the toothpaste was kind of out of the tube a little bit because to the eternal credit of operators and other technology providers they did a great job of creating compelling betting opportunities um, for for bettors Um, but generally speaking the the rights holders because of somewhat because of the regulatory environment and somewhat because understandably they were concentrating on administering their sports you know they weren't at the mm. forefront of, of betting it's, there's been a bit of a kind of trying to get the toothpaste well, back the in years, the tube and and, and figure yeah, out how it fits together so I've, that that maturation has mm. been ongoing and i think is you know, generally speaking you know progress isn't linear but it's generally speaking getting to a, getting the, to a good point the, the,
0: the digital revolution changed the environment here as well because you know, there was a lot of sports that said no one really bets on our sport, yep. and then they were distributing on whether it is on one of the social media channels or yep. uh, so forth. And all of a sudden, there's markets where co- there were not before.
1: Co- correct, and there's that, something that sometimes gets lost in in this debate. People sometimes view it as people have an appreciation that technology has, has changed and there are different types of, of betting taking place now. But you know, the evolution and maturation hasn't stopped. You know, we are in the middle of mm. a changing environment, and as a result, what is required from a from the uh, from the rights holders and leagues, in terms of what they need to contribute and the, and the perspectives and understandings they need to have, continue to evolve. And likewise with the operators and the regulators. Where the US differs and why I'm, as an optimist, positive about it is, it's a great opportunity to manage that together now. Mm. And I have a view that that is a process which is ongoing. Clearly, there have been you know disagreements because people have different interests. Mm. If they all rocked up on day one and immediately decided exactly the same thing and they all agreed, it would have been very surprising for everyone. Yeah, it was never gonna happen. Yeah. The the lobbying, the legislative process, um, and you know, the negotiation, which is essentially what it is at this stage, is ongoing. And you know, having been around it a little bit, I'm sort of I'm pleased to comforted by the fact that I think there's some very smart people doing that. Yeah. Um so then, to your question, what does it then become when you arrive at the kind of the, at the end game? I think you're beginning to see the shape of it in some of the bills that are emerging yeah. now. Um, they've changed quite a lot, um, and it's because of that negotiation, which is great. People are talking about it. Um, it seems at this point that a kind of um, a, a federal solution isn't going to be the case, mm-hmm. and that it's going to be you know, depending what happens with the Supreme Court and. The extent to which they um, uh, they they interact with 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 PASPA and also what happens with the Wire Professional Act, Professional Amateur Sports Act, so yeah, yeah, which you know, is fundamentally the, the major obstacle at the moment. There are other uh, other elements like the Wire Act, which you know, in, into the reeds a little bit have an impact. But I remember if, the so
0: on that case. So I remember the, the Wire Act was involved in that. Was it was it was it Black Friday? Was that what it was called? Or was that, that yeah, it would, it, yeah. We went with the Poker King. Yeah, was it Poker? One of the Poker companies and the offshore. There were people basically placing offshore. They hadn't, weren't able to take their money out, and then they went under. Mm. Basically, everyone lost their money. The, exactly. The yes,
1: I mean, I, 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 would never claim to be a, an, an expert on, on on U.S. law, but that would make sense, generally speaking. Of a lot. This is around the interaction mm. between kind of federal powers and state powers, and the ability to how the how the states between themselves mm. interact. What one of the knock-on effects has been is, is how the, with the, with the change in technology. Where you know you could have servers in one state, and yeah, you're trans- transferring data and other. Yeah, so you have got yeah. the data protection issues. To, to correct. Got, yeah, it's got yeah. There's a lot. The money n- issues. Yeah. Yeah. Fortunately for me, I mean, we we try and help and advise where we can, but fortunately, I don't have to pick my <laughs> way through this mess. <laughs> exactly. Um. Or, or, you know, in, in, entirely. But if we assume that we find ourselves in a situation where, um. Yeah, you know, there is the possibility of a of a state by state regulated betting environment in the US, um, outside of what already exists, um, you know, in certain states and also in uh, in certain territories within mm. those states where uh, Native Americans have certain rights mm. and, 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 and certain racetracks also yeah. have certain on-course rights and so on, and it becomes a, a universal thing. Then, as I said, I think you can begin to see how that's going to operate in, in practice. Um, you know, a conventional model where leagues have the ability to license the assets that they have as as rights packages to power quality betting. Traditionally, that's been data and video. And what do you mean sorry, by quality betting? Um, well, it, it, it's part of this evolution. I mean, th- you...
0: It, is that being it, more selective? It, it, do you mean, is, are you saying quality in terms of... A production, U-turns, quality of the opportunities to bet, in terms of you know
1: not as many opportunities, but they're better opportunities. The, the, I, I, I speak, I speak in the round, and as you said, it's a sort of somewhat of a lazy expression, but it's it's the it's, again my personal view, and I think probably the, the view of perform is that this is moving towards a point where betting will be, will be kind of will be premium. Yeah. the video content that is used for for operators to trade from, the video content that um, both the pictures and the graphics. And the general content that uh, uh, that is on the screen, either on a betting website on mobile, maybe in league OTT platforms, you know, maybe in uh, OTT platforms like, like our own. Yeah. Yeah. yeah w- the betting content will be mm. you know, bespoke, high quality, delivered quickly, delivered in the right way, delivered with integrity. Um, which is yeah you know, another point here that we we should talk about. Yeah. You know, how do you build integrity into content we'll creation we'll,
0: we'll, well let's get on on to that then because i think I think that's so the better, that was thank you for that answer cuz it's interesting cuz i yeah. remember back in the years ago and having discussions with people at the, the other media companies about social media and the use of social media. And again, you know, about the piracy issue, you, sh- you always go for the premium, right? Generally, you're going mm. for the higher quality. If you can't get hold of it at the right price point, then you go to a lower quality. But yeah. in betting, there's a consequence of not having the right yeah, and, quality. And,
1: and that, that's very... The other point, obviously, with the, there's, there's audiovisual, but there's data. And data is where this debate is most obviously held. Mm. Because with... Uh, you know, most people have an appreciation that if someone has cameras inside a football ground and is recording... Footage, yeah, you know, it, it is. That's the property of the club, the yeah. league, whomever. This is it's accepted. Data historically has not necessarily had that same protection. You know, some you know, very uh, interesting um, evolution of that mm. around sort of two thousand eight, two thousand and nine. Um, you know, certain people going after leagues um, on the basis to, to try and disprove that there was any kind of basis of having any 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 right, any proprietary rights, rights in, yeah. in 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 data. So um, data, Um But the whole data industry, yeah. If we, we put the audiovisual to, to to the side for for now, is is fascinating in in itself in that regard. And it's, again, is part of this evolution. It's essentially gone from people being in ground, just trying to even on mobile phones, trying to get information out to kind of beat the bookies, yeah. to the bookies trying to have uh, you know the, the quickest possible data so they can run the most efficient and best markets to the creation of people who are service providers around that you know like running ball yeah um and then i think very positive the the creation increasingly of an environment where those are an official right off the back of the previous precedent um and that is increasingly where 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 the where the non US mm. world has gone. It's something that at Perform we've pushed very heavily, again, because of our rights holder relationships. And what we think it gives you is the ability to create the best quality of content, which means that everyone wins. Mm. Um, operators have confidence in the quality, speed, and integrity of the data they're getting. Mm. Uh, Betters are protected, um, and they have a better opportunity to bet you know, on, on something they can trust um, uh, on more markets. In in, in, a, in a better way and with confidence is a better experience for everyone. Um, now there, there are other people out there who may not necessarily agree with that, but yeah, yeah but I, I think I, I think that's, that's your view uh, and your exactly, company view. And, and, so. and, and, and quite honestly, yeah. I, I think that there's a degree to which that that battle is largely won at this stage, thankfully. Um, now, as to how that applies to the US, it's been an integral part of what the leagues have have pushed for. Um, now, understandably, uh, sh- sorry, I should explain it further. The the leagues have pushed for betting to be done exclusively from officially sanctioned data collection. Now, I have a great deal of sympathy for that that position for the reasons I just explained. And I think in a um, in an environment where um, you are guaranteeing the best quality service at a fair and reasonable price on that basis, that's a great outcome. Understandably, from an operator point of view, yeah, they have certain concerns about that environment and mm-hmm. kind of restriction of, of, of supply. And um, we'll come to your integrity point in a yeah. minute, by the way. But no, that's fine, um, no. but they're beginning to resolve that again through this negotiation that is happening and the and and the and the, and the conversations to the extent where, in certain of the um, uh the, the 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 piece of legislation going through at the moment, I think in particular there's one in Connecticut right now where they have this where, um, there is a differentiation between uh. In, in in running betting and non in running betting, as to what whether you have to exclusively use official data, yeah you know, I think that's within the realm of, of a range of possibilities which is which yeah. is which is reasonable. Um, there are also um, elements around that around um, you know simple A versus B outcomes and and so on and so forth. I think everyone, including the operators and regulators and certainly the leagues, believe that when you're in running and you have a number of different markets running, some of which are relatively complex, and so yeah, in they, they rely. So yeah, exactly, so in-game, yeah. in-game betting, and they rely on the quality and speed of the content. You know it's like financial trading. Yeah, yeah you know, absolutely. It's, it's, yeah, it's how close you same, to the servers? Same, and, yeah. same principle. You know, that's. It makes sense that that would be regulated. Yeah. I think increasingly in, you know, that that's a that's a conversation that's going to happen. You know, more broadly now. It's not to say that there should be a blanket. You can only trade off official data. Yeah. I absolutely. Don't don't not making that point, as I just expressed in terms of some mm-hmm. of the legislation now, it relies on it being quality. It relies on reasonable distribution. Mm-hmm. So distribution becomes a very, very key factor all of a sudden, which is when I revert back to what I said about perform previously and where I think we actually... Uh, businesses like us have become very important at this stage um, because it's about content distribution. It's mm-hmm. not about betting services provision. Yeah. If you just collect data and provide a kind of wholesale betting service... Yeah, you unfortunately de facto limit the opportunity in the market for it's it to a tech, be it's a tech, for, it's a tech business. Yeah, and like you, in sense the sense that But, the, the, but the, you the, you create a single yeah. source of data, unfortunately, because the ability to, do, to run sublicensing yeah, right. becomes very limited. If you are a content provider, you will do you will run sublicense operations yeah, under the right environment at the right cost yeah. with people who are the, betting solutions providers is, or who are product creators and they will provide data um, not in raw form but within those um, services. And as a result, you effectively introduce a a concept of variable cost to market because some people will just take premium quality data probably uh, at 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 quality um, content prices, but other people will take different services. And you have a a one-to-many distribution policy, which if um, leagues um, and uh, other people who... Are in similar positions, choose to go another route, it might be slightly limited on that front, which I think over time, given where we think the US market will go uh, in terms of the development of betting, I think could be a, a potential problem.
0: Um, and so presumably it's the rights holder's choice how they do that from a, process to a tender process. So yeah. they could either set that out and say, right, you can sub-license it, or we limit the number of sub-licenses you can do, or they uh-huh. would, you know... Uh, I, I presume, well, you yeah, know. Likewise, though, you, if you were to, I guess, on how sophisticated they are, you could acquire all of the rights, and then, and
1: yeah, then you, you can. And it's, yeah. p- it's pretty clear in the. So d- it's I think a bit like every, everyone has an other, Exactly. Everyone in the, in, in yeah, certainly people who are listening to this will have a, a good understanding about how, particularly in Europe, you know, tender operations, right? They what are fair and reasonable terms, yeah. you know, in terms of length, and also in terms of you know, the basis of, 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 of a license, and then certain of those will have certain sub-license obligations, others won't. Is like the U.S. example I gave. There's there's numerous different bits. My my the point I'm trying to make on the U.S. is that I think because of the unique nature of that market, particularly if there is a um, unlike rest of the world, there is an obligation in most circumstances to use official data. It will becoming very important to build a distribution model, which means that operators have um, a. A choice of service, not necessarily data, because the data itself, in running, there should be an official source and it should, you know, meet certain standards of quality. But you shouldn't s- set up an environment where it's a one-to-one provision, where someone's collecting everything and distributing a single product set into market, because it, it can, be, it, it will not be a, a positive experience for operators, because there's no, there's no, there's no choice um or for consumers because yeah they're they're, they're, they're getting very uh limited opportunity um
0: no, thanks for that so so uh, very interesting um and it makes a lot of sense what you're saying uh yeah you got and it's good as well for the consumers because of the competition that it creates yeah um let's get on to let's say call it part two yeah. so we, done the, we dealt with the sort of the. Commercial. I still didn't answer your integrity question so that's part two that is part two excellent so, so um, don't worry I'm paying attention <laughs> the uh, so you're giving me a lot of thought there but moving on to the integrity side how do you see that playing out so we, let's assume two, the two scenarios right yep. so it's not beyond the realms of possibility though that they could go for a federal solution although it appears unlikely um, so let's go what did like a, I think my view would I'm second-guessing what you're going to say. Uh, I was going to say, my view that the, the solution was almost the same, regardless, almost, in terms of integrity-wise. What, what's your view?
1: Um, well, I, integrity is a, is, a, is a fascinating one. It's one I certainly feel pretty strongly about. It's been an, in, a, a key part of my sort of professional background. Um, and, again, a performance, something, as I described so before. So your background,
0: says, sorry, to those of you who aren't familiar yeah, with
1: it. Yeah, I, I set up the, the integrity unit here, and I, I did say... And you were a lawyer, Quite Previously, quite, yeah. long long, t- long time ago. Um, and I, um, I set up the integrity unit here yeah, with the blessing of yeah, the, uh, the, the management team at Perform in a very specific way. Um, and Jake, who, who came in to, to, to come on and run it, yeah, has exactly the same view, as he probably expressed to you, which is it is not a comm- commercial enterprise in any way. Now, the, the, yeah, it, that's why it sits in our operational team historically that hasn't been the case for the provision of integrity services at market. Often quite nakedly they have been used as a means to, uh, to, a- to acquire rights um, because there's a fundamental premise to, in theory at least although this isn't often or always the case now that in order to do for example a monitoring service you need data. To get data you need to be in the ground. If you have data it gives you the opportunity to distribute it elsewhere. Um, there's also, know yeah, there's, there's a, in the integrity field, there's also quite a lot of myth busting that occasionally needs to happen because, um, yeah, there's also some kind of uh, general supposition made that, you know, monitor, betting monitoring is everything and will solve all of your problems, mm. which is. Um, I like you know, to think
0: that there's a shift again, I'd say, particularly within Europe, but I, I think elsewhere. I like to think there is now a shift going. With. So, I, st- so, I certainly, I and, certainly and, hope I, so. I, but I see the same issues yeah. and I still see the same issues and it drives me bonkers. In the doping space, yeah, I still said like it's integrity. We're you, talking yeah. about particularly sports betting integrity. Yeah. We should clarify that as opposed to you know whether it is I, I'm doing stuff in you know I care about the yeah of course context, but the yeah. safeguarding of vulnerable people. I also care about mm. obviously the, the doping side. and I still see people relying and you see it all the time in the media. Still, we carry out X amount of tests, right? yeah, and you go well, great. Brilliant, but what's underpinning that? What yeah. else? What other safeguards you have got
1: in place? And it's the same. I like. It is the same, and I, I, want to, I want to be very clear on this point before we sort of go into it. Which is, there is an awful lot of good work that is happening in the integrity space, and people who've been doing it for a long time um, have been doing generally good work. Mm. And people who work in in uh, across a range of businesses now and are providing services are great individuals who are smart and 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 believe in what they're trying mm. to do, and I wholeheartedly support it. My my positioning here is around, much like the other part of the betting industry, how do you evolve that service into something which is what it, is sh- what it should be? So if you are providing betting services or you're a betting solutions provider or you're an operator or, or you're, you're anywhere involved in the industry, if you're a rights holder, what is your de facto obligation to make sure that betting is being conducted in mm. the right way Um, both in terms of understanding what is happening on field, but also in the content that is being utilised to power markets. There's two very distinct Mm. elements to it. Um, And as I said, I don't think it's unreasonable to hold the view that historically um, it hasn't always been focused on that. I think now it increasingly is, and that's great. Um, I think, um, to to pull this back to the US... Mm. Um, although there's, there's a lot we could talk about yeah. elsewhere on that front. It's, it's all to pull it, it back on the, onto the US, again, this is part of the opportunity. How do you build a framework around integrity in the US which does what it is supposed to do? Hmm. I think it's very achievable. I think everyone, and this is something which often goes awry or misunderstood over here, everyone has the same incentive. Hmm. There is no one, there is no one in... in I agree. I say, no no
0: time. I say this all the time, which is like, in theory, you all win but I, commercially. It's, but it's true. You it's all true. win I, if I, you get I, it right.
1: I, I've, you know, I've had some experience in this field. The people you, you talk to all feel the same. Everyone wants the same. Hmm. Now, yeah, some of the pace of change hasn't been exactly as, as people would have wanted it. I do think there's sometimes still a lack of understanding about things. I mentioned the monitoring point before. You know, now there's an increased understanding that, you know, That's a useful tool and it's a start um, and there should be numerous types of monitoring going on by different types of people and you should cross-reference and figure out Mm. what areas you want to look at. But fundamentally, the integrity space is about collaboration and the sharing of information in appropriate and proper ways by the right people. Everyone understanding what their role is, understanding who they interact with and dealing with them in the correct way. Is something we push very, very, and very, very an action, heavily. And, Correct. Take, and, an action, and right. that's exactly it. Getting to a point where you can take definitive action, either on a sporting sanction mm. basis, on a, uh, on a criminal basis, or overwhelmingly more likely on the basis that you're able to disprove that there's a problem. Mm. That's often overlooked. You'll see alerts, red flags, bits of information that, that are worthy of further investigation. Overwhelmingly, it's explicable.
0: Again, it's a bit like the athletic biological passport in that regard. So it shows that there's a flag, but if you can explain what that... C- it may be
1: a real C- 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 or C- Correct. That. So on the US point, there's a great opportunity here as well. And I think um, there is a means um, of getting to this, uh, which people are increasingly understanding. What, what integrity in US bedding, wherever it looks like, is not 100% is you know, a sort of single monitoring service that sits in the middle and silos a bunch of information and puts up red flags and says, don't worry, everything's okay. Mm-hmm. It, 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 to some degree, it'd always be nice if it was that simple. Mm. It's emphatically not. Yeah. Um, also, what it is not is a sort of a, a high-value commercial service that can be offered into the middle of this environment, so that everyone feels mm. comfortable that there's a tick in a box and everything's great. That, <laughs> See, that, that, you've, that you've just burst a bubble for a bunch of people, I think, because
0: this is this is the so so this is my concern in the integrity space, and I do get you know vexed about it all the time, is because you know I even. You know, went back to the dish dictionary definition of integrity because people were using it so much, mm. and I thought, you know, what does it mean in theory like something that's you know, well, you know, you've got strong structures yeah. that in theory is, yeah, uh, you know, uncorruptible? Right? If you've got strong integrity, well, that's what yeah. it should mean. Uh, unfortunately, I think, on like I said on this, this you know, the main strands like I said were, you know, the they say the governance side, you know, the match fixing, match mirror sports betting side, the anti doping yeah. and child protection side. It seems to me that people are opportunist. It's not to say they don't necessarily come with the right motivations, but as I said there's a mixture, uh, and sometimes even with the right motivations, the outcomes may not be the best outcomes. Yeah,
1: correct. So if the system's flawed, then the end result is automatically. Yeah, even though the, people might be trying to the, do the right thing, but yeah, I I, I I agree. I think one of the other benefits of the, this kind of collaborative environment that we we very much push is people get called out on that. Mm. There's nowhere to hide. Mm. If you're not doing your bit, someone will say. Mm. Um, and and there's in the US there's an opportunity to, to almost mm. codify this. You know what? It, when in it, what is a a US betting regulator going to expect? Mm. What is the and who should it be staffed by? Mm. And How should it should it be run? Who um, on the? You know, what obligations do rights holders and leagues have to set up their own units, um, and uh, uh, and and resource those to make them effective, perform as a content provider. We are very aware that we have a significant obligation to the sports and to the operators that we serve. You know, they're our customers, mm. and also to, you know, to some degree, to the people actually, uh, you know, to to, to to the people betting here. Now, what that looks like for us, just, before, yeah. just around that, is you know, we want to create the highest quality content, the best quality content, to make the betting markets work as efficiently as safely as possible. Um, and we want to be able to provide that to operators in a way which is useful accessible promote promotes innovation and allows them to do the job in the way that they've so successfully done that's that's our role if for example we were fortunate enough to, to have a deal with a US league where we were a content provider and we had a sub license obligation or we chose you know otherwise to do that we would expect the people we sub license it to to meet the same standards mm. yeah you know and then yeah you know, obviously exactly, to your brand, right? obviously then operators in the US who are going to be subject to that that regulatory regime hmm. will have certain obligations as to who they contribute um, date, bet data to how should that be run who should it go to does it go to the regulator um, does it go to the to the legal rights holder is there yeah uh, you know, is there an, is there another pathway hmm. um, similarly how do you as a US regulator or as a US League um, or even as a via the conduit of a betting content creator and provider like us? How do you build relationships with operators who are not subject to the U.S. Mm-hmm, regulatory yeah. regime? Now, that historically has been a challenge, but often because, in, in my view, it's been tackled in a way which uh, hasn't been conducive to developing those relationships. That again has begun to change. You know, we're we're actually in a very good phase mm. on on this front, and the, I think the U.S. is looking towards building an appropriate model like that. Um, and that will accept once people have an understanding of how yeah. the environment is actually going to work, that the momentum behind that will build. And it's, awesome it's pretty well clear people, that people. that's the right way to do it. And, and 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 I think what everyone is is hoping is that that will will get recognized and, and, and actioned um, and you won't find yourself sort of back in a kind of the initial phase of, you know, small eye integrity where, you know, it's a, it's a kind of. Bolt-on commercial tool. Yeah, um, you know it has. To your point, how do you make it meaningful? How do you make it work? So, so how do you make it? proper can i break this
0: down then. So so we've got so we've got you know the so, so we've got. So we're talking. You both got the onshore offshore yeah. relationships that we, we discussed. Yeah. And I think most people around the world, most most people, if they can make money in a legitimate way, they will make money in a legitimate way. Yeah. yeah if the opportunity is there, and if there's yeah, yeah. they can transition. Um. Then you've got the the major sports, which will no doubt have their own. The major league sports have their own integrity function of some sort, which they should have anyway, in my opinion. Like if they got, I yeah, I, you know, I, I, I don't disagree with that yeah, at all. Yeah, because I think they're global sports. Yep. They've got global audiences. Therefore, they should be yep. even if it's even if it's a disproving, as you said, it should be that. Mm, and up. there's a breadth of things that they will be able to offer, as you as you described. And so you've uh, got that. So then breaking up that. So there will be those integrity teams will be worrying, in part, or maybe it's them. Maybe some another unit will be. Uh, and the regulator will be worrying both about the the quality, as you would call it, the quality of uh, of all the minimum. Let's call, it, my let's call it now minimum standards. Yep. Of of distribution and in particular, yeah, I think distribution yep. being the right word. Oh, uh, and
1: and 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 creation. And creation and creation. Because so right? right. right? the distribution point. Sorry mm. to interrupt. Yes. Is also just very briefly is important. The, the creation is key. Standards around that fundamental, often overlooked. Distribution to appropriate. Entities and operators to use that. Mm. This this should not be a situation where you distribute to any and okay. all. So so I think so the, the quality will be, in theory
0: though, the quality could be con- will be consumed by the um, the current agencies in place that look over media you'd think that that there be a bolt on into what they're doing anyway yep. in, terms of, in terms of that. So we've got the um, yeah, the the the, the 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 distribution. So the that the the content control will be obviously be regulated anyway. Yeah. Then then we've got the distribution.
1: Which in part is regulated by, by by federal and state law, and Cor- then, correct. But we would need also to have some level of additional league control as to offshore distribution. Of, when I say offshore, yeah. I mean as in non-US yeah, regulated yeah. entities. And then,
0: so we would to have that. Then, if, so once, so then you need a collaborative body, the the broader sort of industry body. And then within those within that it, or separate to that, you'll need a, a separate sort of. Unit and you know, people talk about this globally on a global because it is a global problem. Um, because there's said national boundaries are yep. not redundant but they're, they're less important mm-hmm. than they used to be. Um, the so I'm thinking out loud, and he says it's a, a complete confu- confusing place, isn't it? In my yeah. the the, uh, the um, then you'd need some sort of integrity. So, here we've got the so for example, an informal relationship with the sports betting uh, group. For example, they get together. They, they show with the Gambling Commission mm. and their unit. They're looking and they're passing information between yeah. the sports organisations and the yeah. and the um, uh, the sports organisations, the betting companies, and and uh, uh, and law enforcement. So you need that type of unit as well. Man, mm. that, that means there's a lot of the you think there's a lot of tra- there'll be a lot of training that needs to be done, a lot of education. Well without no, a question, right,
1: without, no, a, without no, question. Yeah. That's to my my. The, I think the first thing we talked about. Yeah, this is a very big step. Mm. You're going. You're creating something essentially from nothing. Mm. Does it need to happen? Yeah. Is it entirely rational? Mm. Yeah. So you talk about a lot yeah. of bodies there, but there is a, a justification for the existence of all of them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and they all make perfect sense for those individual stakeholders to execute what I think is their is what they need to, which is to responsibly interact with betting. Mm. You have to have that service. It, the question is, how do you pull that stuff yeah, together? Yeah very very achievable increasingly it's happening in, 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 in Europe yeah. I, I I honestly think in the last 18 months to, to, to 2 years huge strides have been made on that front in, in Europe and why is that? Um, but, well, it, there's numerous uh, means of explaining that I think the easiest way to is um, I used to go to conferences on integrity where people would sit on panels and say hey listen it's so important that we collaborate and then people would get up go and have a beer <laughs> and then go home <laughs> um, and then see each other at the next conference. Yeah. That is beginning. Well, has begun to stop. People get up on panels and talk about how they are collaborating.
0: Yeah, nice. And
1: then continue to talk about it. You know, in Yeah.
0: But what, what do you think? Was it just the case that actually, because for me, I see this in sports law. As a board, yeah. again, drawing this out. I'm yeah. sorry, I always, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in and out all over the place. But the the reason I say this is that uh, from the development of a market, let's call it that. Mm. In sports always we see this of behaviour where people, uh, uh, as a market is developing. People want to be the first in, they want to control it. They're often uh, one of their driving forces, making sure that their competitors don't, you know, they want to get market dominance as quickly mm. and as, as possible. A lot of people still still have that view. But over time, they start to realise that there's other competitors in the market, they're not going to go away. Isn't it better and within our interest that we work more collaboratively together, you know, particularly over these, these areas of common concern because they start to become more um, obvious over time. People get, you know, people get a bit more aware. So as the market develops, there's less regulation. Then, as the market starts to mature, it gets more financial weight. Then you have to be better regulated, and therefore,
1: yeah, I, I, even outside the, of the pure regulatory environment, the, the, the point you identify there has 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 largely been the same. So, from an integrity point of view, if you look at how it's um, evolved, yeah, there were as I did, talked about before. I do think there were some fairly naked commercial interests in it in some areas from an operator point of view you know, operators are trying to run a profitable business they're trying to maximise their return from bets they're taking um, as a consequence they set up integrity units to, to do that yeah. they generally did a very good job within their businesses to minimise their risk in terms of who knowing who their customers yeah. were monitoring how their markets were, op- were operating figuring out in running how long they should keep markets open for, what data should they use, what contingencies did they need to build into their f- economic models to, f- to, to account for what what was going on. Yeah, and there's, there's, you know before my time in Integrity there were people in operators doing fantastic work mm-hmm. on that front. Um, within that context, again there's been a massive change in how betting operates. It takes regulators, you know, not historically, you know, in any industry fast movers, it takes a little bit of a while to, to kind of come together. Likewise uh rights holders leagues federations they're generally busy administering their sport mm. you know it takes a little bit of time for things to filter through and with betting there is a nervousness there is sometimes a nervousness with dealing with betting organisations uh you know for justifiable reasons at at times and there are people who aren't you know they, they're not they don't understand or f- they're not familiar with betting generally a good thing in sports yeah. organisations at a start point but they began to to reach out and get people with skill sets into the business. Um, And so you just, you get a momentum. And I think over time there was a realisation, as you described, that everyone sort of vaguely got their own house in order. Yeah, it wasn't always that simple and obviously there've been some fairly significant hiccups along the way. But as part of getting their house into order and when people sort of vaguely were comfortable with where they were, there was an additional realisation that, you know, hang on, everyone here has information which is useful for all of us. Mm. or the ability to provide a service, you know, um, which is beneficial to all of us. Let's find a way to work together. Um, I think, yeah. speaking from a a sports content provider point of view, you know, I'm quite proud actually of what Perform's done in this space. I think we've done it the right way and I think we've done it well, but I'm not going to sit here and pretend that we were sort of in the broader betting space first to do it because regulators, operators, leagues were really working hard on this before. I think we've been a very positive contributor and i think we've introduced some good ideas and we brought people together and some of the services that we provide you know from our monitoring solutions and um, even more so through some of the um, intelligence functionality that we have and how we've remodeled how that should be handled mm. and so on i think they've been great contributory factors to the wider ecosystem um but we're a, we are a sort of mere contributor yeah you know, we are a re- yeah. another responsible partner Um, And we've been part of that evolution where we realised, hey, we have an obligation here, we're going to execute on it. And then after that, oh, we can work with all these people to do an even better job. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which is is materially... So so is it? It almost, irrespective of the financial driver that you had in your example, it's um, happily, you know, for many of those entities, it was a financial driver, of course. But But for others of them, it was, you know, they were executing on their their role because they were regulators. Yeah. Or for us, we thought it provided a better service, which is, you know, again, I can't hold my so hands up and say it was purely out of the goodness of our heart because that, know, we weren't doing it completely independently, but there was a significant part of it whereby we did it because we thought it was the correct thing to do in that space. But I, I
0: don't think the two things are separate. That's one thing I always say to me yeah. because I'm quite, you know, I think i really preachy at times. We talked about yeah. this earlier, um, an idealistic. Um, There's nothing wrong but with but being uh, idealistic but but as, the, as a start point. Yeah, but the, uh, doesn't mean you can't be commercially successful whether it's you know you want a diverse environment and, a, and an environment that encourages yeah and is it you know an equal environment as such like encourages equality and diversity and inclusion is the world's looking for mm. you know an inclusive environment that that should mean more commercial success do you see what I mean like yeah, I, I, the, the measure of success should mean and I feel like that across the board I, I, I think it's
1: perfectly rational uh, and reasonable view to have, I, as I said before, I don't think there's anything wrong with being idealistic. You should start with the ideal, and then you kind of inject pra- yeah. pragmatism yeah. as required along yeah. the way. Yeah, the end game should be, and the result of the injection of the pragmatism is that you end up with a solution which well, works as well as it can and is also commercially viable, which is part of making it work. Yeah, because it's it's a commercial space. Yeah, well, we
0: have to, say, yeah. have to on some of the, the initiatives that we do. Yeah, we've had to tone down some of the stuff. You go, right? Oh, we're gonna do this, this, and this, and this, and you go, well, actually, how we're we, we funding all of this? Yeah, you know, as great as it yeah, is, yeah, so yeah, you yeah. do it. So, 100. Uh, and
1: um, to to the US point, I think that's very interesting as well because, again, as part of this ongoing negotiation, that's what they're trying to do. Mm. You know, they're they they're trying to they're trying to take the expertise globally and find ways both to design it, build it, and fund it.
0: And it makes it interesting from from the now. Now I'm thinking about it. and I'm not sure. Yeah, we have to wrap this up because we can carry on talking, I think, for another couple of hours on this. But the yeah, I've, got, I've, so I've so got to get a train and go see my grandparents <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> I thought, will oh, be awful. <laughs> yeah, of yeah, you, I didn't get to see my grandparents. So that would be me. not running before you walk, both from a, from a regulatory aspect, but also from a um, uh, practical aspect, as you as talked about, um, an evolutionary aspect means that you, it's now started to make me think i'm sure you've looked into this in terms of oh, I had some conversation with people about in terms of what they permit is allowed to be bet on because you'd think they're moving into a new environment that some of the more sophisticated offerings that we have within europe um would not necessarily because it brings a host of issues wouldn't necessarily be a smart move from the u.s market if if, if i was looking at say for example some issues we had that we and probably still do have around spot fixing though they're, they're they're not as significant as some would play out in the media uh were significant at one point and you can imagine on a market where the liquidity of the market would be quite significant mm. the the having too many sophisticated offerings of say or their ability to bet on too many activities within a sporting contest could be a, a real headache for managing the data to flagging up alerts the intelligence standpoint mm. and so it would seem that that might be a Ascent, is that? Do you think that's likely that they're well, going to they're going to sort of like have a a two tier or three tier model where they, you know, phase model where they you know allow just you know outcome, of you know, the matches or competition as as one offering and then moving into a.
1: I think what you touch on, um, which I'll, I'll revisit, is around how the how the market will ev- will evolve and and the timing of it mm. and what it will become because I think there's an interesting point there around. Uh, US betting not just being a sort of pure play euro style or rest of the world style betting mm. this is a this is a fan engagement piece for the, for the leagues and it encapsulates you I mean you talked about daily fantasy before it encapsulates a wide range of products and services that will eventually come to market and I think they'll come to market quicker than people anticipate and um, because I think people are going to look at the market very differently right yeah. Um, but to your original point in terms of restricting betting you know let's go back to what we were discussing before the base principle. The ideal is you build a framework whereby um, there is a freedom for operators to offer largely any bet, which is you know, within the realms of sensibility. Um, that's your start point, and then you you detract from that based on the pragmatism and practicality of being actually able to do that. Fundamentally, I don't have a problem with operators offering a very very broad range of bets. Um, leagues might and they might for two reasons one the introduction of um, of match manipulation risks as you described and two as you alluded to with things like spot fixing yeah you know, which clearly is is a is a negative um, uh, impacting force on 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 the integrity of sport but generally speaking is something which is wildly overstated as in, t- in terms of, in terms of da- damage done and, and actual impact from a league point of view that's that's almost irrelevant because yeah, you know, an issue or a scandal is an issue or a scandal. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So they would look at that slightly differently and rightly. Yeah. You know, it's their sport, their job is to administer and operate the sport. That negatively impacts on it, they're not they're gonna try not to let it happen. So then you'd set about building a model which uh, which which achieves that and allows you to have a quality of control over what is being offered and how it's being traded. Yeah, I don't wanna keep harping back to that, but that's precisely what's happening at the moment. Yeah. I mean the um MLB have, have been quite, um, quite vocal on um, – uh, and MBA as well have been vocal on this – on, on uh, bets in running which may or may not be permissible and the requirement off the back of that to have this official data model. So that's one way of controlling that environment. Yeah. It gives operators – it's a quid pro quo. You know, it gives operators the freedom to, to offer a range of bets – but they must also, oh, they, they will almost certainly have to understand that. That means they will probably have a sole source of data which is being created and distributed in a way which everyone is comfortable with, can be monitored, can have um, intelligence and information sharing done off the back of it, and so on and so forth. So that's yeah. the balance. So uh, somewhat rambling answer, but in answer to your question, I don't see a huge need, frankly, to, to restrict bet offerings. You know, again, Within the realms of of sensibility, and I feel confident you can build a model around it in terms of how you run and operate the markets, the content you use to do so, um, the integrity operations you have around it, and so on and so forth, such that those uh, markets can run in a properly efficient way. I think that uh, in the US, the leagues and the operators are actually moving towards a point on that where they're coming together. Okay. One,
0: um. one, 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 last question. So I am just going to. go time. Is, uh, and I'm wanting to get this in. What's your view on this? So, as we know, we've had a market, right? A well-regulated market. So, if I'm a criminal, yeah. Someone may say some of my content is criminal. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the uh, the um, so my interview style might be. <laughs> but the uh, the but a boom. But the uh, from a criminal's perspective, or people who are interested in from, you know, corrupting, say, they're not there's criminal but they're interested mm. in in a, uh, a sports contest and, and particularly playing on the vulnerabilities around sports betting, right? I'm not going to go somewhere. There's, there's like Fort Knox, right? This can be very difficult for me to do. It's going to be very difficult for me to get access to the players yeah. to get access to officials, right? So, inevitably, if you create an environment where, let's say, the the, the top, you know, the, all the major leagues have got a betting environment, right? or they're, they, they, they're um, uh, in the state or at federal level, they're allowed to bet on sports. Inevitably, those people who are looking to exploit that system will go down the chain, right, So next. So they go next. That's always the issue, right, because they're the ones that are the ones that don't have the resources to, to monitor it. Within this framework, would you think it is a sensible? Um, to say, for example, MBA NBA was saying, i think as Adam Silver was saying like one percent or two percent of betting revenue i think they, they proposed some proposal around um getting some revenue share there that any revenue share from the collective of the the major leagues a proportion of that should go to uh something to assist some of the smaller
1: ones who don't have the resources mm. the
0: organization because surely they're the higher risk I,
1: I think again there's there's two or three bits in that as well, the first is around the integrity fee, which has been something. Yeah, I talk about this negotiation that's ongoing. Yeah, that's been the hot topic. Um, and again, th- th- there's been movement on, on where that's gone to. I think the opening gambit uh, from the leagues was around ar- around one percent. It's in many of the most recent bills. It's been down at point two five, um, and there's there's an ongoing debate about where that's going to end up. You know, that's that's part of the negotiation, and leagues will be looking at how they set up. Um, you know, it's, it, they've called it integrity fee for a reason. Um, uh, they'll be looking at how they uh, move through that negotiation to try and secure themselves revenues, which they can use to set up a proper integrity environment and and, and, and fund it for their own sports, mm. quite frankly, because the way those leagues are set up um, mm. it, you know, in the US it's, it's slightly different from other parts of the world, quite frankly. They, they're, they're commercial enterprises. They're concerned with protecting their yeah. own sports, um, and, um, yeah, and that will be the, the, the viewpoint that they will have at the moment. I, I think, again, going back to base principles, it's very difficult to argue that yeah, wanting to do that is, 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 is unreasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that the, the advantage of a regulated betting environment in the US is that necessarily uh, people will begin to bet within that environment on sports where betting is permitted as you said, it's, it's, the, it's the Fort Knox example. They'll yeah. go where they where they where they can, and in, and increasingly people will bet on those environments. People who are trying to cause problems, which yeah, is a t- tiny minority of mm. people. Um, yeah, if they're trying to do that, if they if they're going to try and do it, they're doing it now anyway. Yeah. so it's, it's not a problem that's gonna, maybe gonna,
0: gonna maybe because I'll give you an example: right? criminals, <laughs> like generally though, when they're with the sometimes people hear about someone doing something they do you set a trend almost right so so say for example they were not haven't thought about it before because there's not that yeah, much quite going quite, on. quite quite
1: quite possibly but i think that forms part of what a kind so, of newly regulated environment would be so you australia, have to have australia
0: being an example sorry on that point and australia being a prime example where they're saying that there's now being bets placed on or years ago, in the yeah. thing it was in Scotland. You had the guys who were from Asia who were filming the amateur tennis matches yeah. and so forth. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's that type of thing that I'm talking about. Where you know, the less. Yeah, well, I think as we've
1: seen, you know, both on 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 field and off, people in Australia yeah. maybe trying to um, <laughs> seek advantage. Yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah. Yeah, listen, yeah. I, it's it's the job of the uh, of the governance, the regulatory environment, and the, frankly, the law to 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 deal with those risks yeah um, and uh, you're never going to eliminate things like that because you know in, yeah. in the history of humankind it's always been the case yeah. but you know if you create a, a, an opportunity because you don't quite get the regulation right then yeah people are going to take advantage of it then the job is to shut the opportunity down yeah. and to find a way to to enforce it um and i think it's possible to do that and i think that in the u.s what they're trying to develop is a positive step towards el- beginning to eliminate those risks we're, you know, none of us are naive enough to think that everything so you, is going to this, disappear. This is, this is the idealistic and pragmatic. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm, being, I'm, being, I'm being fairly idealistic there yeah, yeah, I yeah, think. No, but, yeah. um, but, I, but that's because I'm, I'm optimistic about it, because I, I think it can happen. Of course, there are sports which have different risk profiles. You know, again, ev- ever was it thus, you know, it it's certainly it's the case now in, in, in all sports. It will be the case uh, in, in, in the US. But over time, that will evolve and mature, and people will become accustomed to the fact that sports... You know, assuming this happens that sports betting is something which is now you know allowed appropriate controlled and and you know that, that will that will fall away a little bit and, and, and things will get better I, I also think one thing that's you know, this, as you said we could talk for, for hours about this because it's a fascinating topic but one of the other things which I think is going to um, take place here is that the the, the, the u s betting market Will not just be the, uh, will not remain the equivalent of the European one, um, and the evolution which we're seeing in, the, in in Europe now in terms of very content rich betting, um, deeper betting, you know, gamification, um, uh, a, a, a broader range. You know, I talked before about our Opta brand, which is performance data, which is yeah. richer than the kind of um, the the quick data that you get from Running Ball. More and more of that is being demanded to be used in the context of betting. It's powering different betting opportunities and different, you know, different types of, of, of gaming opportunity. In the US, that will happen unquestionably. Yeah, you know, as I described before, the leagues will look at this as a means of driving fan engagement to the to the overall and um, the sport itself. You know, in terms of viewership and, and other means, um, the the pace of change and the evolution of the potential state by state solutions will impact on that because you know it's not going to be like turning a, a switch on. Yeah. However, you know I, I have a high degree of confidence it will happen. You know there'll be a phase where mm-hmm. it is largely pure play betting, but thereafter, and from the from the from the point where um, leagues are able to start designing their interaction with with betting, they will begin to um, invest and develop these these kind mm-hmm. of tools and opportunities, I, and the fan engagement piece and the development of that market will happen. The impact of that, I think, will be considerable on the on the. The, the the content we provide, the way it's created, uh, the way it's distributed, and also in from uh, from a kind of broader integrity point of view, quite frankly, because the complexity around it will be yeah greater. So, for example, issues around data rights will begin possibly to evolve away because the means of uh, collection, the technologies, the nature of the data, uh, you know, you see it now with tracking data, for example. Yeah. If you're a guy with a mobile phone. You can't create tracking data. You can tell someone when someone scored, yeah. but you can't, you know, do, do, do tracking data. Yeah. Um, increasingly, that will be an issue. So the the, the 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 movement of the the intellectual property and the exercise will increasingly move towards the leagues, which will be uh, an additional insulating factor from an integrity point of view. I think, as well as fueling this kind of fan engagement uh, piece, which I think will be, you know, in Five five years time will be kind of the dominant piece of, of of betting in the US.
0: I think that's a fantastic way to end. I can't really add anything to that. I think I think the seeing how that fan engagement piece rolls out and how the, the effect. I'm always interested in the cross cultural effect. So mm. how that has effect back in Europe and, and wider, more globally will also be super interesting. Thanks so much for your time. Absolutely a real joy. Um, really enjoyed that, and I've learned a lot. Give me lots to think about and go away. We'll maybe get you back on for for part two to talk about some of the other stuff around around regulation around the content side
1: yeah we'll, but we'll, we'll see what the supreme court comes back with and then we can have another chat but Brilliant. um yeah likewise thank you it's been interesting to talk about and as you said there's um there's uh, there's plenty more to discuss uh, for, yeah, for sure it's a fascinating topic